Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host. I am Chris. Uh, back this week, we've got Ryan. All right? Yeah, I'm good. You? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got Mark, who's dashed in from where? I am in Deutschland. Are you? Whereabouts? Mannheim. Mannheim. Is that how they speak in Deutschland, is it? <laughs> uh, not with that strange camp accent I did, no. Do you know, we did this the other week. I was complaining about Jonathan Pierce using the the Z in Corzola as the TH and you said Mertesacker in a very camp German way maybe I'm just maybe it just comes from um, the League of Gentlemen and the guy who played the the Queen of Duisburg <laughs> you see I always imagine a sort of German accent a very sort of harsh kind of thing like sort of Deutschland that sort of thing uh, I think you've got one on one hand you do get that and then the other hand I think you got very much the camp Lieutenant Gruber from Allo Allo type accent but um, I think we're going off on a tangent a little bit now <laughs> yeah you're in the blue oyster part of Mannheim is that where you are uh, it's just outside my hotel window yeah yeah good lad and for his first appearance of the season uh, we've got the only man on the post uh, member with his own nickname we've got um, Mr Entertainment as, jo- as Ross likes to call you we've got Joe <laughs> <laughs> how are we doing you alright I'm alright how are you I'm all the better for hearing that nickname oh good there you go that's all yours that's trademark for you now <laughs> Um, this week we're going to be talking about the FA Cup that's happened this week, uh, a bit of news, a bit of Premier League action coming this weekend, I'm going to be picking off five-a-side team for Swansea. Um, right, first of all, we'll start chronologically with the FA Cup. So West Ham 2, Liverpool 1, uh, Michel Antonio open the scoring, Felipe Coutinho with a rather sexy free kick, um, and the winner from Ogbonna. Um Who watched this? Um, I saw extra time, I spent the rest of the earlier part of the evening at... Uh a rather stale Northern League Premier game, but uh, I managed to get home in time for for that for extra time part. Okay, so what did you see? What did you saw the uh, the goal? Did you the winner? I saw the winner, which was entirely predictable. Do you know what? I knew <laughs> as that soon as, the, as soon as the free kick was given away, kind of you knew what was coming. Yeah, I uh, did. And then I saw uh, obviously Ben Teke in particular wasting a whole host of chances to seal it before that for Liverpool. That one on one he missed. Did you see that? Mm, yeah, I mean it was it was all too predictable what he was going to do there. He needed to do something a little bit, bit more uh, um, unreadable for the goalkeeper. Either either take a touch and try to go round him, or dink it over his leg, or something like that. It was a uh, you know it was kind of a an amateurish finish, really. It was the run of a man who is hopelessly out of form, isn't it? It is. I think he, but he was always a streaky player at Aston Villa too. Like he would score six in six and then go ten without a goal. Yeah, but you just um, saw as he was powering down on the goalkeeper. You just kind of thought this isn't going to happen. Yeah, had, had it been Sturridge, you would have thought it, the inevitable goal would have happened. But when it was Benteke, then you know you just you didn't fancy him at all. No, you're right with the free kick though. As soon as that free kick was given away, you thought, oh no, this is it. Thought it was a harsh free kick too. I thought. Yeah, uh, I don't think there was much of a push by Lucas in. Um, who, uh, was, was it Valencia's back? I don't remember who, which player it was. West Ham, but. Um, 
uh, it was a great cross, great header. Yeah, and um, Benteke missed nine chances in this in this um, match. Eleven goalless games in 2016 so far. Yeah, he's Klopp. Klopp doesn't seem to like him, and that's what everybody is saying. Um, but he, because of injuries and whatnot, he's, he has had plenty of chances, and he's just not taking them, is he? So, if Sturridge can stay fit for more than ten minutes, and, and if Origi plays like a half decent player, you can't imagine Benteke getting many games. And there's Firmino as well, who's played um, really well of late. And then you've got Coutinho playing that role just behind the striker. You know, there's there's not very many spaces left in that team for Benteke when everybody's available. No, did we all like the Coutinho free kick? Yes. Jay? Yeah, it was it lovely. Yeah, sneaky little thing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. A little bit different. Yeah, that was Liverpool's 40th game of the season. That's the most by anybody in the top flight so far. Um, Joe, you were at Anfield on Saturday, weren't you? I was, yes. Another very strange game. Go on then. Tell, I mean, we've had the whole uh, scenario with the tickets. The fans walked out in 77 minutes because of the £77 tickets. Um, FSG have come out and reversed that and frozen the prices for two years. Um what did you see on Saturday and what was the, do you think it affected the players on Saturday? Yeah, massively. I think there were two two overriding factors. I think that that was one of them and I think the other one was the fact that Jurgen Klopp wasn't there. Um his assistant after the game uh, said that, that it neither affected the players and obviously went down the professional route and didn't matter whether they were playing in front of an empty stadium they'd still have a job to do uh, and praised Sunderland for coming back but you can't say it didn't have an effect. It was so uh, drawn on as well. For I mean, for, for as long as the fans have been planning it on social media and whatnot, um, it was so drawn out. It took fans so long to get out of the ground. There were a lot of standing round the uh, round the side of the pitch. There was a lot of sort of uh, from where I was sat. There was a lot of anger directed towards the director's box. Mm. Um, it wasn't pretty at all. Mm. Okay. Um... Because the, the fans that were the players looking around then as it was happening, uh, I wouldn't say that it was it was that obvious from the, from the players' point of view. Um, I didn't certainly didn't see anything along those those lines. But at the same time, when when a stadium's emptying uh, two thirds of the way through the game, there's there's going to be some effect. The players are obviously going to notice it on both sides, and whether that served as a slight uh, advantage to Sunderland, spurred them on a little bit as a slight weakness, you never really know, but it, it clearly had some effect because Liverpool completely capitulated after that. Yeah, and of course, at least you weren't in Dortmund this week because you'd have needed your tin hat, wouldn't you? You saw the protest there. I didn't I didn't see it, but I've, I've, I've read a little bit about it. It was quite pretty, actually, especially when they all fell <laughs> in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard so. I've heard, I've heard similar reports. Um, yeah, maybe maybe slightly more poetic way of doing it than than the Liverpoolians. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, last night, Peterborough won, West Brom Albion won. Who saw this one? Yeah, I saw this one. Yeah. What did you think? Was West Brom lucky? I, I, well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, I thought I thought I, I I don't like to say that Premier team Premier League teams are ever lucky. I like to try and put the emphasis onto the lower league team. I thought Peterborough were fantastic. Um, and I did feel for them, but it, it's the reason we all love football, isn't it? It's, there's so many near misses, so they get so close. The underdog always seems to get so close and, and just mess it up at the last minute, but, but that's what football's all about, isn't it? Yeah, well, um, Darren Fletcher did his best to help 
Peterborough win, didn't he? That was a terrible penalty, his. <laughs> yeah, he said... He, he, did you hear the interview after the game? Yeah. <laughs> he said that he admitted that the goalkeeper put him off, didn't he? Which, <laughs> which from someone there... Uh, for, uh, of his standing and experience, you don't really you don't really expect that, do you? No. Um, so they won four three on penalties. They did took the lead. Uh, Peterborough did, and then Darren Fletcher equalised for uh, West Brom with a rather stonking shot. Um, Martin Samuelson and um, I can't read his first name because I've scribbled over, all over it. But uh, somebody called Angol missed for Peterborough. Um, and at DJ Gabby, uh, who's a Hungarian football tweet, uh, Twitter person, he tweeted that Angol means English in Hungarian, which is probably the reason why he missed. Hmm. Um, Ryan and Mark, did you see this? Didn't see it, no. No? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I just remembered that I, I, I watched it. You remembered what you were doing last night for two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was It was that one. I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a decent game, and as Joe said, you the Peterborough were excellent, but they were excellent up to a point, I think, they got as far as the um, certainly the, the I think I might have missed the first half, but um, they got as far as the Peterborough, uh, the West Bromwich Albion box, and then kind of either not, either didn't have the quality to to produce enough really good chances, or um, they just ran out of ideas. But every time towards the end of the game when West Brom attacked, you thought that something might come of it, and then there was quite a few scrambles towards the end, wasn't there? There was a couple of shots off the line, and. Uh, Maybe think a couple of good saves by the goalkeeper that kept Peter in it and took it to penalties. Yeah. And then, as it as it so often pans out, although Peter were probably the best team over both games and certainly um, most of the game I saw last night, the best team on paper tends to come through on the penalty shootout. They've either got the nerve or the technique or both to to keep their heads. And the the underdogs unfortunately didn't quite make it through. Yeah, I mean, you kind of knew the two guys that missed a Peterborough. You could tell in their run-up, really, couldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Especially the the guy who, who Angle who missed the last penalty. Yeah. Um, even my missus was watching it, and and she said, "I can't believe he's going to run up like that and take a penalty. He's going to miss." And she was right. I had one of one or two of the, the Peterborough fans on Twitter were were having a bit of a dig at Graham Wesley, saying, "Why were these two young lads uh, taking penalties in such a high pressure environment?" Uh, but <laughs> Darren Fletcher's miss kind of shows you the, the experience and age and everything, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely, you're right. Shout out for Boswick's beard. <laughs> <laughs> like a Viking warrior. That's pretty impressive. Imagine him charging at you. Ooh, it was a bit. It was a bit 1970s porno bush, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it, it was a bit unruly and unkempt for my liking. That's a sort of he lives in the woods and you accidentally knock on his cabin and wish you hadn't looked like. <laughs> but then the goalkeeper behind him, he, he was sort of more the uh, trimmed, groomed version, weren't he? Yeah, he sold out and trimmed his. <laughs> um, Too hipster. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Next round of the cup is Arsenal Hall, Reading West Brom, uh, Watford Leeds, Bournemouth Everton, Blackburn West Ham, Tottenham Palace, Chelsea Manchester City, and Shrewsbury Man United. You can see a uh, Shrewsbury upset. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like United haven't been great this season, so it's always a possibility. Uh, they've got a bit of a bad rep at the moment for sort of being the team that has the upset against them. So yeah, I think it's possible that United are probably going to slip up. Do they still play game at Shrewsbury? I... Yes, but it's not called that, is it? It's called like the the something. Is it not called something? The something Windows Stadium. Yeah. Do they still have the man behind in the boat in the river? I would hope so. <laughs> he was. Keep I, I, alive. Well, no, I'm sure that it, it was Shrewsbury, and 
one of their ball boys because the the stadium backs onto the seven, um, yeah. and one of the ball boys sits in a boat in case any of the balls gets kicked out of the ground and he has to row across and get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always remember it. that was quite a famous match of the day feature, uh, not match of the day, football focus feature about that back in the eighties sometime. And I think Motson or one of them guys got into the boat with the with the young lad to do like a little interview piece. That's great, isn't it? Um, right, should we do some news? Yeah. Adam Johnson um, has pleaded guilty to one count of grooming and one count of sexual activity with a girl under the age of uh, 16. Uh, he denies two further charges of sexual activity with a girl under 16 and will go on trial for that tomorrow, with the trial is expected to last two weeks. Um, he's been sacked tonight by Sunderland, doesn't he? And dropped by Adidas? Yeah, that's what I've seen anyway, so... Not overly surprising. A club's never really going to stand by a player, especially when they've, uh, you know, admitted guilt. If it was a case if he was still pleading his innocence, he'd probably be all right. But once he's admitted it, then the club's not really got a choice. Yeah, exactly. I can't see any reason to keep him at Sunderland. Can anybody else? No. Nope. Nope. Good. Should we move on quickly then before we get in trouble? <laughs> um, Teddy Sheringham was sacked this week from Stevenage. Uh, and then, did anybody see what he did afterwards? <laughs> Yeah, I've just heard this on the radio, actually, on the way home from work. What did he do? He turned up to the next match in disguise. He did, didn't he? I, I haven't heard what the disguise was or, or anything like that. I've got imag- I imagine him in sort of like a Hawaiian skirt and a pineapple hat. But I, I, I don't know what he turned up in, but that's 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 borderline madness, isn't it? I'm, I'm hoping it was just sunglasses and just no one noticed. <laughs> a newspaper with eye holes. Yeah. What sort of glasses with a plastic nose and moustache? Well, he said he wanted to see how his players reacted to his sacking. Um, he won seven games in thirty, seven matches out of thirty-three possible games, uh, and was there eight months. So he didn't have the best of of times. Uh, that, uh, out of curiosity, what was the result? How did the players react? I, I haven't got that far. I don't know. Let me have a look. Um, <laughs> I'll have a look while you take in the news that Teddy Sheringham is an anagram of he'd shag dirty men. <laughs> um, is this what you do in your office all day Chris this is working in local government this is there's got to have been uh, a feature in the Man United programme there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> uh, right where are we what league are they in two two need two are they right where are we how do they get on they I can't find it they played uh Crawley, wasn't it? Crawley, yeah. Oh, they lost 1-0. Ah. There you go, that's how they reacted. He'll be happy He, he probably cheered, yeah. Yeah, we may, yeah what, yes, he could have been in the Crawley end, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, Serie A this weekend. It is first versus second, the third versus fourth. It's uh, Juventus versus Napoli, uh, and the Fiorentina versus Inter. Juventus won their last 14 games in a row after that shocking start. Um, Napoli on 56 points, Juve 54 Fiorentina 46 and into 45. Anyone want to hazard any guesses how they're going to go? Not without sounding foolish. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take that tumbleweed as a as a sign. Um, and Laurent Blanc has signed a two-year extension to his PSG contract. They're now 24 points clear in League One. The reason I mention this is, of course, you've got Pep at Manchester City. Um, you've got Jose Luis Enrique at... Barcelona, Ancelotti confirmed at Bayern Munich, uh, Zidane doing okay at Real Madrid. Where's this leave Jose Mourinho? Stevenage. Stevenage. <laughs> yes, of course. 
He could yeah. turn up disguised as Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> oh, could you? Maybe Teddy Sheringham would disguise as Jose Mourinho. Well, possibly. Nobody would ever so, expect him to... all getting too psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever expect him to turn up at their ground, would he? So maybe Jose Mourinho is the last person they'd expect. I, I don't know where he's going to end up. It's, it's, you know, it's all a bit strange now. I think he's slowly running out of options. Well, Manchester United is the elephant in the room, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've come out and they've said that they're happy with Van Gaal. I don't know how true that's really going to be beneath the surface because fans certainly don't really want Van Gaal around anymore and they, a lot of them seem to just want Mourinho. Yeah, there's a lot that don't, though. Does anyone else get the impression that Manchester United's board are just sort of being stubborn? I think there's a lot of people there that don't want Mourinho with his personality baggage. I don't think he's a perfect fit. I reckon Pochettino would be much better fit because he's got a habit of bringing on youngsters which obviously United thrive on haven't they um, he's not going to be particularly divisive plus I reckon he'd be good for, he'd be good for Ryan Giggs I think Pochettino would more than Mourinho yeah. would he'd bring well, I think... that bonkers Faria guy wouldn't he no yeah Rui, Rui Faria I think his name I can't even remember what his name was now um, but with Mourinho I think the thing about uh, United fans probably don't overly like about Mourinho as well is that you know, United fans want this fluid attacking football, and that's what they were slating Chelsea for at the end of last season. So it, it, it's difficult because I think some people want Mourinho, but then a, few, a lot of people, like you said, don't because he's not going to promote the football that they want. Mm. What do you reckon, Mark? Well, you mentioned about um, Pochettino coming in and be great for Ryan Giggs or something. All you hear about with this whole Manchester United succession, and it goes back from Ferguson to David Moyes and so on, is um, Ryan Giggs is going to gonna be one hell of a manager, the amount of people who are being brought in just to make Ryan Giggs be a good manager. <laughs> Isn't he? It's going to be a disappointment if he doesn't win the European Cup, the Premier League, Miss World, uh, Mastermind. <laughs> I, I don't see Ryan Giggs being a good manager whatsoever. No. Um, so I think that if they're going to bring somebody in, they're going to bring have to bring somebody in who, who is boss of all he surveys. And never mind this tutoring Brian Giggs nonsense. Hmm. Manchester United so you need a strong leader now. That could be Mourinho. I don't see Mourinho working out well in Manchester United's eyes when they've got a a brand to protect. You know, Chelsea weren't so asked about that, um, but Manchester United are. So that's why I don't see Mourinho going there. But I certainly don't see somebody being brought in just to mollycoddle Ryan Giggs till he's um, ready to pull his socks up and and be a manager. And his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Uh, Right, should we talk about some Premier League action this weekend? Yeah. Sunderland again, Uh, obviously without Adam Johnson. They're the (laughs) early kick-off. They're playing Manchester United. Um, That's on BT Sport. Adam Yanazai's out for... uh, Manchester United, as is Phil Jones, Sunderland have got Kabul, Larson, uh, not Dav Watmore, he was a cricketer, wasn't he? Duncan Watmore, and Jeremy Lons out. Um, Sunderland have not won in their last four, United have only won one. Uh, Sunderland had a terrible record at home versus Manchester United, they've drawn four and lost nine. Um, including that time, do you remember when Roy Keane got sent off and Jason McAteer kept doing that fake writing in his book thing because Keane <laughs> had just released his autobiography? Am I alone in remembering that? Does anyone remember that? I think I've seen the clip online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who's going to win this one then? Man United. By a lot or narrowly? Um, 
I don't know. I, I can't see Sunderland scoring more than one goal, but um, Man United have had actually scored. They scored three, didn't they, last game against Stoke, or was that the game before? I know they did, didn't they? Game four, they lost to Southampton, didn't they? Yeah, last, last, week, last week was Chelsea. Last so. week was Chelsea, wasn't it? You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Last week was Chelsea, yeah, and they they were a little. Well, I don't know if they were unlucky, but I, I did. I think they played quite well. Um, I think there's one or two shoots of recovery in Manchester United. I don't see that in Sunderland, despite the fact they they managed to pull it round strangely against Liverpool last week. Um, but I think Man United will probably just have a little bit too much. Yeah, Joe uh, Sunderland are nineteenth uh, on twenty points. They're four points from safety. Uh, United are fifth. They're six points away from City and fourth. That's Manchester City because everyone knows Leicester City are top. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, I don't see Manchester United, I know they beat Stoke by a few goals the other week, but I don't see Manchester United trouncing anyone anytime soon. I think any win that Manchester United are going to get is going to be scuff- scruffy and going to be the 1-0s, the 2-1s. And maybe that's what we need at the minute, just to grind out some results rather than rather than trying to be too flamboyant if a Van Gaal team can ever be called flamboyant. Yeah. Mm. Brian, what do you reckon? A narrow United win, I think. Sunderland are probably going to dig their heels in. United haven't got enough about them to sort of, you know, break that breakdown. Probably what is going to be a bit of a tough defence. You know, a lot of people behind the board. I think they're going to be able to beat that down massively. Yeah, probably like a one 0 or something. All right. Um, Bournemouth versus Stoke with Bojan, who's just signed a contract extension. Uh, they're they were everyone's sort of choice for doing well this season, weren't they? Stoke, they've done okay, and then they lost their last three. Bournemouth had lost one at their last four, which was was it Arsenal this weekend, wasn't it? Well, last weekend. Mm. Um, is it going to be four losses in a row for Stoke? I can't see it. I, I see it probably be more of a draw. Um, Stoke, you know, away from home is always going to be a bit of a tough ask anyway. Yeah, Bournemouth are doing all right, so it's probably going to be about yeah. I can see it sort of a one-all draw. Yeah, Bournemouth win this. They're only two points behind Stoke. It's strange, isn't it? Because at the start, well, the first part of the season, we were talking about how good Stoke look and and their attacking intent and these these forward players that they signed and they seem to be playing free flowing football. And and lately, I've seen them once or twice, and they just they just they don't seem to be playing as a team whatsoever. Seems to be a lot of individuals who all want to take every free kick, who all want to shoot from the edge of the area. Who all, they don't seem to be that cohesiveness about their attacking play, no, which sh- I think, um, which I think they're struggling for. Shawcross is a big miss as well. Massive, Massive. miss. Mm. Um, Bournemouth won just three at home in the in the league, Mark, this season. Do you reckon they're going to keep four? Um, I mean, you just you just said the exact thing I was going to say there. I think um, if Ryan Shawcross. Shawcross doesn't play, they've got a great chance. Mm. I think the Stoke's great form coincided with his re- his return to the side. He missed the, the early part of the season and they weren't particularly great then. He's missed the last few games and they've, I mean, I, I saw Stoke Everton last week and Stoke were terrible. Um, Everton were, were com- comfortably, comfortable 3 and 1. There should have been 6 or 7, to be honest. I think if they play like that, Bournemouth will win, but. I don't know. I don't see Stoke playing that badly again, even even without Shawcross. So I think I'll agree with Ryan and probably say it'll be a draw. All right. Uh, Palace Watford, the Ben Watson derby. Um, Palace are in danger of getting sucked into some kind of relegation fight, aren't they? I mean, they're, what, nine points clear at the bottom three, but their draw at Swansea last weekend was, the, was uh, their first point after five straight losses. 
I think it's relative. I mean, if if you'd said at the start of the season, Crystal Palace would be nine points clear, comfortable. You'd, you'd have said all oh, they're comfortable with the table and they're having a great season. Yeah. It's just because they started the season like a house on fire and we're up in the top six that now they've had a little bit of a, a bump in the road. It seems bad for them, but they're still miles away from trouble and I can't see them getting anywhere close to the relegation zone. There are many worse teams than Crystal Palace, even even accounting for the, the dip in form they're having. Well, Palace have, scored, have um, got eight goals this season from defenders, which is the highest in the league, and only one from a striker, which is the lowest in the league. That may go some way to pointing where their troubles are. Mm. Um, has Balassi been missing recently? Highly Gabri Balassi. <laughs> That's her. Yeah. I think I think he may have been missing recently, and I think he's a big part of that. I know Zaha's been getting a lot of praise this season, but I think Balassi is a is a really really good player for them. Yeah. Um, Everton West Brom, Mark. This is the Steve Watson derby, is it? Um, it's the. Doesn't Steve Watson play for West Brom? I'm sure he did. I would probably say the Acer Hartford derby. There you go. That's one for the teenagers. Asa Hartford, yeah. Ryan? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Everton have won four out of 13 at home, Mark, but only lost one away. So uh, Stones and Howard are doubtful. Um, yeah. Chris Bunt, Johnny Evans and Callum McManaman are also out for uh, West Brom. How do you reckon they're going to go? Well, Stones and Howard being out is a bonus for Everton, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a, couple, a few wins have coincided with those two, those two not playing. Um, hopefully, um, West Brom's extra time exertions will count against them. I think Everton will probably nick it yeah. one or two. Joseph Robles, five consecutive clean sheets. I'm not sure how far that goes back, but because mm. he keeps stepping in, doesn't he, for Howard? But he seems alright. Yeah, he's, he? played, he's played a few of the cup games. Once he gets a run of games behind him, he's got confidence in him. It's just that Martinez has shown blind faith in. Uh, Tim Howard this season when well for 18 months when when he's been absolutely woeful for that period of time mm. uh, Joe how do you reckon this one's going to go uh, it could go either way to tell you the truth Good um, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry to butt in but Rotherham have just announced the new manager oh, on Twitter it? so I've got to uh, I've got to make a dash I'm afraid I'm really really sorry about it how do you who is it just before you go Neil Warnock till the end of the season Neil Warnock till oh, the end of the Neil season Neil Warnock oh. So oh, it's, good it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So what are you going to do so now? Good. You're going to go and break this news on the Rotherham Advertiser, have you? Well, it's kind of been broke all over Twitter. I've just put a tweet out now, yeah, on the Advertiser Sports account. And I'm, yeah, just going to go and write something up very hastily and uh, pop it online. Oh, good lad. Well, well um, you come on again soon? Yeah, definitely. Uh, please, any any time. I'm, I'm really sorry to uh, to have to do this to you. No, no, it's, it's fine. We you know, Breaking news stands in the way of nobody. <laughs> as long as you bring Neil Warnock with you. Yes. Yes, I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> oh, good luck. Cheers, Joe. No Cheers. problem. Thank you very much. See you. Bye bye. Look at that. That's breaking news, isn't it? Quickly post this immediately. <laughs> yeah, we should do, shouldn't we? We sort of first with it all. That's quite good because Neil Warnock has a holiday home in Cornwall, and every time he manages a team, he brings them down here to play. Well, that's right then. <laughs> I've had Leeds, I've had QPR, I've had all sorts down here. <laughs> Uh, now, now the um, the, the glamour <laughs> tie of Rotherham United. Yeah, yeah, as I said, that I kind of I need to have a look at Rotherham's squad, see who they've got. How many How many times has Neil Warnock retired in the last few years? 
far too many. Was he temporarily at Palace, was he? Yeah, and he was temporarily back at QPR, and he was temporarily somewhere else. After he, I think, I think when he left Leeds, he said that was it. And then I think he's managed about three teams since then. I think he has, hasn't he? It's, this is all since he went bonkers talking to that stag in the woods, wasn't it? <laughs> when was he ever not bonkers? Well, that's very true. Lee Camp, there you go. That's Lee Camp, Joe Mattock, Kurt Broadsford. These are all household names, aren't they? Lee Frecklington. For me, for me, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Frecklington. Fraser Richardson. Uh, Leon Best. Luciano Becchio. There you go. Matt well, Darby. Yeah, hey, that's wow. a decent squad, actually. Yeah, well, I can look forward to this if he brings them down here. Um, He'll be bringing them down somewhere <laughs> to, to League One, and then call to League One. I <laughs> uh, right, we didn't. We don't Everton West Brom, have we? Uh, yeah, well, I'd say I, I thought it'd be like a one 0 or two 0 one 0 two 0 Okay, no worries. Uh, Norwich West Ham, Rob Green Derby, of course. Um, Norwich have lost. Six out of six in all competitions, scoring five, conceding 19. Uh, Ryan, that's not very good, is it? No, they're not having a good time, are they? No. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. West Ham are flying high. Um, obviously, they've just beaten Liverpool. Payet, but Payet has just signed a new contract in the last couple of hours, I saw. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's obviously going to be big news for them. Um, I, yeah, Norwich have been pretty woeful. West Ham have been pretty good. I mean, West Ham are sixth in the table at the moment. So, yeah, I, I expect a bit of a, not a whitewash, but West Ham will probably be comfortable 2-3 two, two, now, I think. They couldn't beat 10 men, though, last week, could they? True. And, and, and it wasn't 10 men Aston Villa as well, wasn't it? Southampton. Uh, Southampton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they got Winston Reid limped off in midweek as well with a hamstring, and James Tompkins is out, so the defence is looking pretty rocky. Um, the last four Premier League matches between these two has featured a 90th minute goal. So... Mark, how's your loving going with Alex Neal? <coughs> oh, I feel sorry for him at the minute. Are you give him a tender hug or spoon or something. I don't think he would let me. I think he would probably chib me if I um, mm. attempted to. I, I don't know. He might be a spoons man. <laughs> he doesn't seem the kind to um, reciprocate any, um, <laughs> you know. I would if, if you showed him any, um, you know, kind, kind actions. Um, yeah, I think Norwich Norwich are really starting to get a bit desperate now, aren't they? they and I think West West Ham have pulled some excellent results out against bigger teams this season, but I think they've also dropped a lot of points against teams that they were then expected to beat. So, although I don't really see Norwich winning, I think they might just scrape a draw somehow. Yeah, West Ham maybe with that maybe that ninety ninetieth minute equaliser you mentioned. Yeah, it could be because they had the Liverpool game, didn't they, with uh, two goals in the last minute. West Ham are eight points off of fourth. Uh, Norwich are in the bottom three. They're a point behind Newcastle. Mm. I can only see them going further down, though. Unfortunately, it, it's going to be home games that's going to save them. So that that's kind of what they're going to have to um, to to take into the game and think. You know. We must start picking up points at home. Away games, we may not have that that much luck, but it must only be six or seven home games left to go, and they're going to need to win about half of them at least. Yeah, uh, Swansea, Southampton, Southampton are unbeaten um, in their last uh, in their last five, and that's including games against Manchester United and Arsenal. Fraser Forster has had fourteen shots against him so far this season. How many of those has he saved? Both of you. Thirteen. <laughs> well, um, 
I'll say all of them. Well done. I, th- I was going to go for that, but I thought that'd be too easy. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's saved every single one of them. Well, who was who was shooting? Who was what? Sorry, who was the per- person? Do people doing the shooting? Uh, well, it was Arsenal, Manchester United, um, probably Liverpool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gilfrey Sigurdsson has scored five in his last six as well. He's in some form. And Swansea under Guedlin have won one and drawn two. He seems to have sort of stopped the rot a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's stopped the bleeding, uh, to say the least. But uh, it's going to be a tough ask for Swansea. Uh, Southampton have been, I think we talked about it last week, you know, Fraser Forster's come in. I think there's a bit of belief again. They, they had a bit of a rocky patch, but they've picked themselves back up and I think it's going to be tough for Swansea to pick up a they might be able to pick up a draw but I've got a bit of confidence in Southampton to be able to sort of get a victory okay um, right Chelsea Newcastle this is of course is the Papi Cisse volley derby isn't it oh damn flat down it was a good goal it was it was a very very good goal <laughs> you'd have loved it if it was against anybody else yes <laughs> I've got another quiz question for you Diego Costa has scored 29 Premier League goals is the joint highest for a Brazilian. Um, who is the other Brazilian? Oh, that's a tough question. It certainly is. That's why I asked it. Mm. Mark, who do you reckon? Ooh, um, I reckon you could get this. Do you? Mm. You're gonna have to let. You have to leave it with the pair of us, and we'll have a think. All right, have a think, <laughs> and I'll come back to you later on. Um, no googling. No Googling. Yeah, no Googling, right? No cheating. Uh, Chelsea are unbeaten in their nine games under Hiddink, though six of them have been draws. Not not overly impressive. Um, it, it's good that he's studied the ship a little bit, um, but performances haven't been, you know, top class for the majority of the time. Game against MK Dons was quite positive, but it was against... MK Dons, it wasn't exactly Premier League opposition. Did you feel the love from the rest of the footballing community in that game? Always. Um, being a Chelsea fan, I, I'm, I'm fulfilled with love all the time. Especially playing MK Dons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it, it, it was overwhelming, really. I think that's uh, fair to say. <laughs> uh, Newcastle have taken 13 points off of Chelsea in the last five seasons. That's the most by a Premier League team. It's usually the way I think we make them look like Barcelona a lot of the time, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's probably going to be no different here, mainly because Newcastle are quite low in the league. You know, they're, they're, they're a bit down in the dumps. They need a, a good win. They'll probably end up picking it up against Chelsea. Although I can't, I can't see Hiddink losing a game, so it's probably going to be 1 1. Yeah. Mark, what do you reckon? Um, positives in Chelsea's favour is um, the couple, two or three times I've seen them play under Hiddink. Um, they they are more solid than they were uh, earlier in the season under Mourinho, and they play well in spells in games, um, and they're at home, which is the exact reason why it's a negative for Newcastle because they're away, uh, and it's in London, and Newcastle is still are uh, shite in London, um, although they do play better against the so-called better teams, and uh, you know you would still put Chelsea as a a better team slash bigger club than than where they are right now in the league. Having said that. Again, I go back to the fact that Newcastle are pretty dreadful away from home, um, and therefore I think I'll go. I think I'll, I think Chelsea might get it, but maybe just one nil. 
Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I, I was going to say actually one thing with that Zuma being out is is a massive blow for Chelsea um, because Terry and Cahill as a partnership, I don't have that much faith in. Zuma was very very strong in that defence, and I think he provided he bailed Chelsea out a lot so far this season. Him being out is probably going to cost cost us at one point or another. Of course, if they win, you're kind of back in the relegation mix again, aren't you? Oh yeah, I mean. Sort of seven points clear of Norwich at the moment. It's mm. pretty woeful, and the thing is, one loss could be a catalyst as well, considering that Hiddink hasn't lost yet. Yeah. Losing to Norwich at home again, the bridge is not a fortress by any stretch. So, confidence, I don't think it can get much lower. Any joy in the Brazilian? The player, not your. <laughs> I think we all have joy in the Brazilian, don't we? <laughs> Um, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll take my first guess is Janinho. Okay, Ryan? Uh, I have no idea. See, I knew you'd get it, Mark. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, get in there. There you go. I just, I, it, was, it was a guess because I didn't think, I actually didn't trust myself, so I didn't think he played that many games or seasons in the Premier League for a midfielder to have scored 29 goals, but hey, there you go. Yeah, he's the boy. Um, Sunday, for Aston Villa versus Liverpool. Uh, the Ronnie Rosenthal missed derby. Do you remember this one, Brian? This was 1990... What was this, Mark? 92? 93? Oh, it would have been about then. It might have even been pre-Premier League. I'm not sure. I don't remember a squad number being on the back of his shirt, so it could have been. <laughs> they didn't come in in the first season of the Premier League, I don't think. It was towards the end, wasn't it? I remember them being there in the 93 Cup final. Yeah. When it was... Sheffield Wednesday Arsenal but I don't remember them being there in the Premier League yeah oh well I love squad numbers they're a great thing aren't they oh I don't know I think I'm, I'm still a fan of 1 to, one to 11 are you oh no it's brilliant I love it we see a player move and keep the same number but if he's gone for like that Bellamy in 39 <laughs> John Terry has always annoyed me by never wearing 6 yeah that's really bizarre yeah and goalkeepers that choose not to wear number 1 Tim Howard Courtois, Courtois as well. Yeah, see, he's thirteen. Yeah, even though he, even though he's he won position one off check and he still doesn't want it. I know that just strikes me as odd. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Aston Villa, Liverpool. Uh, Aston Villa have won two, drawn two, lost two, and they're unbeaten in their last four at Villa Park. And plus, you've got the Benteke narrative as well, haven't you? Yeah, Liverpool. As bad as Aston Villa are which they are pretty bad. Liverpool, again, they're struggling. It's going to be tough for them to pick themselves up, you know, especially with the sort of extra time midweek. Aston Villa might end up actually picking up a point, especially since it's at home. Mm. What do you reckon, Mark? Um, I think if Sturridge and Coutinho play, Liverpool win. Yeah, OK. Um, Man City versus Spurs. Um City haven't won against the top four this season. They've drawn three and lost four, but they've won the last five at the Etihad between these two teams. There's been 41 goals in the last nine games with these two. Hopefully it's mm. a goal fest then. Yeah, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, well, how do you reckon this one's going to go with you? I would love to see Tottenham pull it off again, a little bit like Leicester last week just to see at least you would think that that would then possibly be City out of the title race if they did lose. 
yeah. And then that would be down to Leicester, Tottenham and Arsenal. And then that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Because then you really only got one of the usual suspects involved. Um, and I think, I don't know, I just, I, I've got a feeling Tottenham might actually pull it off. Well, if you if did. Everybody, if, everybody, if everybody's fit, they're solid enough at the back these days, Spurs, aren't they? That was always their failing. And over Tottenham, um, though, got, is there? Is an overtime in? Yeah, I think he's injured for a while, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, who who is the, is it? Vimmer that they've had in there the last couple of games. Yeah, either him or Vimmer. Had an adverse effect anyway on them. So I think um, they were certainly a lot a uh, lot sturdier than they were in the past when Vias Boas was the manager. Um, that was when they got a couple of real heavy defeats against Man City when they still had some flair players, but they were pretty weak at the back. They don't seem to be this time round. Um, and City's defence is at times shambolic and um, as Alex pointed out a bit last week Joe Hart isn't anywhere near as good as he thinks he is um, so I think I think there's a lot of weaknesses in, in the City team and not as many strengths as there used to be Toure isn't as influential as he once was no. Silva hasn't really hasn't really done as well this season as you would expect him to um, and there's a lot of pressure therefore for Aguero to carry that team so I, I, I've got a feeling top, Tottenham and then of course you've got Arsenal versus Leicester this is first to be third isn't it um, Leicester unchanged for their last five matches um, they've won four and drawn two at the last six including three in a row Arsenal have won two lost one drawn three last week I think we all kind of said that we could see Leicester winning at Spurs uh, uh, let's see Leicester winning at Manchester City I can't quite see it this week can either of you two I can. can you? Um, Leicester are just riding on such a, a wave of emotion, and they've surpassed, they've surpassed that point where if they lose, does it? You know, then they were never realistic sort of you know dark contenders from the beginning. So if they lose, they're not going to feel that pressure. You know, but Arsenal, this is probably their best opportunity in the past couple of years to go and win the title. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to get the result and prove that they can do it. Whereas Leicester, they're, I'm sure they'd love to win. You know, it's, it's not that they're going to lose and then they're going to be disheartened because they've already achieved so much that they can probably be pretty happy. I mean, they're five points clear at the moment, hmm. so a loss wouldn't actually kill them completely. Um, it would weaken their position, but they'd probably be happy to go on to the next game after that, whereas Arsenal would probably be a bit more dented. Mark, um, do you think Claudio Ranieri watched the Arsenal-Chelsea game of the week where Mertesacker got sent off and thought, I could get Jamie Vardy to do something like that? Um, I'm trying to remember what happened. It was the pace that Costa had that beat Mertesacker. Um, and Mertesacker oh, sort yeah, of slid yeah. in, didn't he? He around the back of him, didn't he? And then Mertesacker maybe like flicked him with the, the least amount of contact <laughs> possible. <laughs> roll around and... Do break dancing manoeuvres on his shoulders and that. I still think that was a sending off. It was, yeah, it was. It was the wor- it was the weakest of sending offs that you'll ever see. I think in that situation. I think that well, I mean, not to revisit something in the past, but I mean, I think just because you don't touch someone doesn't mean it's not a foul. If you could put someone off their stride by sliding on through them with your big old German legs, then I think it's a foul. Oh, I don't. I don't even think. I don't think it was that a case of that. I think he did touch him, but he touched him with the the least amount of contact that wouldn't make somebody then roll over and do a pirouette at the end. Mm. Okay, I mean, it was it was a professional foul, but it was a professional response to, to draw the foul. Mm. 
and draw the the sending off, right? Let's yeah. let's get it let's get it right here. You know, Mertesacker wasn't completely in the in the wrong, and it was it was a terrible thing. Diego Costa played the situation perfectly as is his want. You're only saying that because um, you're a camp German this week. <laughs> Mertesacker, that's the one. Um, <laughs> but do you think that, yeah. do you think Ranieri's seen that and thought I, I, I'm going to target Mertesacker with the pace of Mares and Vardy? That's our way of winning. Um, I don't. I don't think that Marta, um, Gabriel being in, instead of Mertesacker isn't going to make that possible. Um, Gabriel, I haven't really seen that much of him to, to comment on how good he is at defending. Um, I'm still not convinced that Lauren Koscielny is a top quality defender. I know he's improved since he's since he's been there over the three four years, and a lot of people say he's one of the top defenders in the Premier League. I'm I'm not having that. I think he's, there's a lot of weaknesses in his game. Um, and I also think the Arsenal back four is not helped by Flamini at times. Um, I think it was it was a long time ago. I remember watching Glenn Hoddle pointed out on a on a on a doing his punditry thing one game when Arsenal got beat, and he was absolutely spot on. Flamini runs around shouting at everybody about doing their job and pointing where they should be, but he doesn't do his own. And I think he leaves at times. He leaves Arsenal um, centre centre halves um, very exposed. I think uh, that was the Arsenal Chelsea game because Flamini, he was yeah. in the bo- he was in both boxes for both, so he could have scored for Arsenal twice, and yeah. he could have saved Arsenal. And in both scenarios, he was he was acting as a centre back, and in the other position, he was sending, uh, acting as a striker. Whereas yeah. his job is to protect the back four, not to be the back four. And yeah. I think Arsenal are weaker with him in his team. In the yeah, team. I mean, I remember him saying it a long time ago, and if he was doing, if he said it again the other day, I mean, he, yeah, he did. It's exactly what he does. So I think there's, a, and, and that's kind of the area of the pitch where Vardy and Mares, um, and Okazaki as well, who's probably the least heralded of the, that front three. That's where they get a lot of joy is just behind the centre backs, but in in advance of the midfield. So I can see them getting joy, but I can also see Arsenal somehow spawning a two-one win. Okay. You know, like a last minute a last minute goal off Giroud's arse or something like that. <laughs> you know, I could just see that happening. Well, Unfortunately, because I would love to see Leicester at least get a draw out of it. Oh, that would be great. Uh, Ryan, what do you think the score's going to be? Uh, I'm going st- to stick with Leicester, so I'm going to say 2-1 Leicester. You can say 2-1 Leicester. Right, OK, well, that's the Premier League games covered. Now we're going to do our five-a-side um, team. Each week we've been looking at uh, a different Premier League team's Best ever five-a-side team with players that have played for them in the Premier League era. So you, we give you one goalkeeper, one defender, uh, and then any three others. Uh, we're nearly the end. got two more teams to do. So this week is Swansea. I've picked Michel Vorm in goal, Ashley Williams in defence, then Gil Sigerson, uh, Wilfred Bonny, and Michu. At ARPM 57, who's done them all, uh, he's done Vorm, Williams, Guzman, Shelby, Michu. At Game of Throw-Ins, has done Vorm, Taylor... I can't remember who Taylor is. Um, Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor, is it? Yeah. Uh, Guzman, Sigerson, IU, at Benji Dixon, 17, uh, Vaughan Williams, Dyer, Sinclair, Michu, uh, at Fosball, Mundial, Vaughan Williams, Britain, Ontario, IU, um, Ross has done a team, uh, Alex has done a team, Joe did a team of Vaughan Williams, Britain, Monk, Sigerson, uh, Mark, what's yours? Um, I've gone for Vaughan Williams, uh, Britain, Routledge, and... Uh, meet you. Okay, and Ryan? I've gone for Vaughan, Williams, Dyer, Sigurdsson and Bonnie. Right, well that's the first two done then, because I think we can agree on the goalkeepers and defence. Yeah. Uh, clean sweep for Michel Vaughan, 10 votes. 
Um, Ashley Williams got nine votes, and who is it? Neil Taylor. I think so. Left back. I think yeah. Neil Taylor. Is that it? Is it? Uh, he got one vote. So I think. If I think Williams wins, beats him there. I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we the numbers of votes and doing this thing the last few sort of weeks we've been doing this hasn't really sort of been the defining factor it's also our opinion as well but it's hard to go against nine isn't it as you saw last week with the mandolin and Gilberto Silva <laughs> um, right this is where it gets a little bit interesting you've got Michu with six votes uh, Wilfred Bonney who's also Chris Partlow from The Wire um, he's got three votes Gilfrey Siggins got five um, Leon Britton three I can't remember Leon Britton playing uh Andre Ayo's got two, who is also D'Angelo Barksdale from the wire. Um, and Lloyd Dyer's got two, quite a few people want. So is Sigerson a given? Have we all gone for Sigerson? You didn't go for him, did you, Mark? No, I didn't. What's um, wrong with him? Uh, um, he, he escaped my memory at the time I was doing the team. I think that's probably the reason he wasn't got. He didn't get picked. Um, I also, I think, I, as an attacking midfielder type of player, I went for Outlich, I think he's an exceptionally gifted player who just can't get in the box and score a goal. Um, that's quite I important think, though um, it's it's quite an important uh, trait to have for an attacking midfield player <laughs> <clears throat> but I think um, at five aside you know he's got such great technique I think he'd do really well and as I said Sigurdsson just escaped my mind when I was thinking of the team in, in a hurry this afternoon when you badgered me for it <laughs> I don't like Wayne Routledge's eyes really is, is, there, is there something to get hypnotised by them or yes they're very suggestive or what is it about them He's got very, very strange eyes. <laughs> if you Google a picture of him now... I'm actually going to have to, because I'm confused. I, I didn't, I, just in case I look into them and I turn to stone, or... No, I, he's got very, very, very blue eyes, which are quite bulging most of the time as well. Wayne Routledge. Wayne right. Routledge, Google, eyes. <laughs> just put his oh. eyes in the search. <laughs> I work with eyes day in and day out, so, you know, I've seen a lot... A lot stranger eyes than that before. Oh, no, I know what you mean, actually. Can you see it? Yeah. They don't suit his face. He looks a bit like Kalina, <laughs> doesn't he? You're an Italian referee. Yeah, yes. They don't suit his face, no. There you go, Mark. Oh, no, well, whoever's <laughs> listening, if you do that, you are going to be freaked out for the rest of the day, I'm sure. But yeah, don't do it at night. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of ravaging because his eyes not. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, at least that's a, a more valid excuse than Dennis Bergkamp signing his sister's t-shirt. <laughs> All right, so would you be happy with Sigerson? Yes, I would. I'm not going to complain at Gilby Sigerson being chosen. I think he's been a very good player. Yeah, for I thought you might find him a bit too much of a pretty boy. No, no, not really. I think he's a very effective player. Yeah? All right. Okay, no problem. So, Leon Britton's got three votes. Wilfred Bonney's got three votes. Michu's got six. Um, you didn't go for Michu, Ryan. Why is that? Um, well, I was looking at it. I, I was sort of looking at the, the players earlier today, thinking, you know, who's going to be the best fit. And Michu and Wilfred Bonney have got pretty much identical stats in terms of their, their amount of games played and the amount of goals. Mm. Um, I think Bonnie's played maybe one game more and has scored two goals more than Michu. And I prefer Bonnie as a player to Michu. Michu was very, very good and very, very effective. 
and he helped put Swansea in a very good position when he was there. I think the way he's fallen off as a player, I think that counts towards it because you know Bonner's still active and Bonner's still able to sort of. He's not getting the time. Sit on a bench in Manchester. Yeah, I wouldn't call him active. Right. <laughs> I'm sure he's good in training. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I prefer Bonnie as a player, really. All right. I mean, I've got them both there, so I'm not fussed either You're way. Not, yeah. No, I think they're both very good players. Um, Mitchie was more exciting there, wasn't he? Although you did get that endless stat trotted out about how he only cost two million pounds. Well, that, that's it, really, isn't it? He was a very good value, and he was an original uh, Real Oviedo boy. Who I, I'm a fan of that team, so like I should have put him in actually. Yeah. All right. Should we have Michu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'm, I'd be happy to have Michu in. All right. That leaves us He'd be a better five-a-side player than Bonnie, and that's again we have to take that into consideration. Yes, because in a couple of weeks these are all going to be playing against each other. Hmm. <laughs> Um, all right, so we've got Mitchie, and then okay, so Bonnie's got three. Leon Britton, um, Mark, you went for him, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Tell me about Leon Britton, because all I can remember is the politician. Uh, well, it definitely isn't him. No, because <laughs> he's dead for a start. But... Well, yeah, that's certainly not going to help your first team chances. No, um, no, Leon Britton, he's one of those unspectacular people who pass the ball forward or sideways or backwards for five yards or ten yards at most, and he does it a lot. He's he's a very low rent Javi, if you will. That's selling it, Warren. <laughs> I mean, he's he's also a little midget, so I mean, he's not a he's not going to rough anybody up either. So that could potentially go against him. But he rarely, rarely gives the ball away. And I think again, in five side, when you're looking at technique and you're looking at possession of the ball, um, I think so. You, you need somebody like him, and he's not going to get all adventurous and start wandering up the pitch. He's going to just sit in front of Ashley Williams help block any attacks, but also when he gets the ball, he's just going to give it to Michu and Sigurdsson or whoever we're choosing. And he's just going to do the simple thing and give the simple ball. And remember, in five-a-side, that's all you have to do. You can only pass it five or ten yards, really, and just keep it on the ground, keep it simple, one touch, two touch. And he's he's very, very good at that, very underrated. And plus, he's been with Swansea from... as he, I think he, 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 he was, was a League with, 2 player, wasn't he? He was a League 2, yeah. He, he, went, he was there when... I think he, did he play when that that game when they had to beat Hull on the last day of the season to stay up. I think he, he was did. certainly around about that time. And then I think he went to somewhere like Sheffield United. I think it was um, didn't work out for him. Went back to Swansea and then climbed the divisions with them. Ryan, that's a very compelling case. Apart from the fact that the Welsh savvy is, of course, Joe Allen, according to Brendan Rodgers. But <laughs> you've gone for uh, Lloyd Dyer. Brent's not Welsh, though, is he? Isn't he? No, I think he's English. Is he? I think so. I think he started at West Ham. Oh, did he? I think so. Okay, I'll I'll take your word for that. <laughs> yeah, would you, would you, you not be Celtic being called Britain? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where that would the the origin of the name could be from anywhere. There you go. Uh, you're going for Lloyd Dyer, haven't you? Can you give an equally impassioned plea for him then? Um, I can't. <laughs> you, you, you you sort of sold me on it. The only, the only problem I have is I think we need a bit more pace in this five side team, which Dyer would provide. Do you need pace if you've got pinpoint passing? Which you'd get with Sigerson mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, you told me Leon Britton. I think for you know that role in front of Williams, I think what he meant to Swansea as well. I think he's probably the best bet. That's a very impassioned plea. I could imagine mm. you sort of stood on a soapbox, Mark, waving a Leon Britton flag, saying that. Uh, I'm thinking of going out into the streets of Mannheim this evening with a placard. 
<laughs> you know, if you don't put him in, I'm going to get the German vote on you. <laughs> well, they're tennis balls. Oh, they're in, they're influential in the EU. There's no reason I can't bring them to bear in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our team then is Michel Vorm, um, Ashley Williams, Gilfie Sigerson, Leon Britton, and is it just Michu? Yeah. Michu, the man with one name. Uh, right, now we've come to almost the end of this, and... I've left Bournemouth to the very, very end because I wasn't quite sure what to do with them because they've only been in this the league this season. So picking an all-time five-a-side team is not going to be particularly fun or easy or interesting. So, um, after, I'd like to say, consultation with Ross, but really he told me what to do because it's his podcast. Um, <laughs> he told me to go for Leeds. Now, what we're going to do is, obviously, of course, Leeds got relegated. When was this, 2004? Something like that, wasn't it? I mean, a long time ago now. Yeah, it was going on. Um, so, any player that played for Leeds United in the Premier League up to 2004. So, uh, that's going to be our team for next season, next week, which is the last of the debates, I think. And after that, we're going to start pulling them out against each other. That's going to be quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy because obviously I've I've only sort of been around for the first well for these couple of teams, so I'm going to be interested, you know, going back through all the teams that you guys have had beforehand and seeing. Where we're at with everyone. Yeah. Leeds would be good fun, though. I reckon, Mark. Yeah. They, they, you know, a lot of course they've had some bad, they've had a bad decade, but you look at the four or five years before that, and they had some really, really good players who, who were excellent at Leeds, but when they went elsewhere, they didn't do anything. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm already getting some names in my head. I'm already starting to think about the, <laughs> you know, the composition of the team. How it would look on the pitch. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. I've got some ideas. Gonna be good, right? Okay, brilliant. So we're getting that for next season, uh, next week. Um, tweet us at Man on the Post if you want to send your Leeds team to us, or if you want to give your opinion on anything you heard in this podcast. Um, you can download us through the Acast app, um, or you can also download us through iTunes. You can rate and review and leave us a review, positive, please, um, if you can. Um, it all helps with pushing us all the way up the charts. You can also subscribe on Acast as well. That pushes us up. Uh, Ryan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they follow you? Uh, my handle is at the Ryan Goodman. At the Ryan Goodman. Mark? At the Football Pink. At the Football Pink. And of course, issue 11 Football Pink is out now? It certainly is, and it's selling very quickly. Is it? So they need to get in touch with you to get their own. They do. Be quick. Okay. Uh, that's print and downloadable, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Excellent. Okay, uh, so that's um, that's what's happened with us this week. Hopefully, uh, Ross and Adam, and now John, uh, if you heard him earlier on this week, he, they'll all be back on Sunday to re- review the games that we've previewed and talk about the Champions League coming next week. Um, all that remains to be said is thank you ever so much for listening, and always remember to keep your man on the post. Woo-hoo!